Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, co-host of Through the Keyhole, uh, an Oklahoma Sooners fan podcast, uh, fueled by Vanessa House there in Oklahoma City. Make sure to uh, stop by and enjoy all their uh, great selection of beverages. Uh, but we've got a uh, newcomer to the Oklahoma Sooners beat joining us. Kind of, uh, I guess, part of me a return of you know a uh you know veteran i guess maybe one way to put it but george stoya is joining soonerscoop.com the team over there with carrie murdoch and eddie and josh and bob so i wanted to have him on just to talk a little bit about uh what it's like coming back to uh to uh norman to uh, cover the sooner so let's go ahead welcome him on george how you doing man i'm good alan thanks for uh having me on it's been sort of a uh, whirlwind of a past few days i uh not only did I start on Wednesday, March 1st, I also, that was the day I got the keys to my new apartment um, here in Oklahoma City. So I've been trying to do some work stuff, but also, you know, yesterday spent half my day, it felt like at Mathis Brothers, you know, buying, <laughs> yeah. buying, buying furniture, um, you know, things like that. So, and my apartment is still pretty much empty other than my bed. So it's been, uh, it's been a crazy past few days, but uh, really exciting. And and I'm I'm happy to be joining you. Right. So you were in Denver, right? Before. Yeah. Yeah. So the last three years, um, I guess two and a half, three years, somewhere in there, um, I've been in Denver covering the Broncos for um, the Denver Gazette, Colorado Springs Gazette. It's basically the same paper, but out there covering the Broncos. And, um, you know, it, it was, it, it was, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, the NFL is just totally different. And, you know, I kind of wrote about this in my first um, little article when we, when we announced it. It's just like when you grow up in Oklahoma, you know, people take OU football um, very seriously. I mean, it's a big deal around here. There's a reason why, um, you know, the readership is even higher uh, for OU football than, say, the Thunder at most places. And that's because people are diehards here. And, and you know, I grew up in it. And so, um, you know, the opportunity to come back to that is something that that I wanted. And, and while I enjoyed the NFL, it's just I grew up a college football guy. I, I grew up going to games on Saturdays. And so um, that's sort of why why I made the move. I'm sure you'll ask me a little bit more about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, the last three years were awesome in Denver and, and it was definitely not something, you know, I think some people might have thought, oh, is he leaving the Gazette because something happened there? Nothing happened there. I just got a heck of an opportunity uh, and the opportunity to, to come back home was something that I wanted to do. 
Right. You know, and uh, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about that, though? I mean, because you do have experience, you know, kind of covering OU on a day, the football, college football, I guess, part of me put it on a, on a daily basis also. I mean, just from the mechanics in terms of reporting or whatnot, is where are there a lot of differences? Yeah, that's a good question. And there is like, you know, when I covered OU um, for the OU Daily, the student newspaper at the school, it was I mean, one, it was it was very much preparing you to, um, you know, cover college football in that sense. Like you you were obviously doing um, a lot of different things on the daily and, and you know, in terms of media access, that's the biggest difference. And at least that's what I've noticed. I mean, when I worked for the daily, um, you know, OU access was you got so many players and you had two days a week that you were doing media in the NFL, for example. Um, and some people love it this way in the media, but um, I personally was like, this is a lot is uh, you, you have media pretty much six days a week. Um, you know, the only day you're really off in terms of media access is Saturdays. Uh, so yeah. Sunday, obviously, you cover the game. You have open locker room after the game so you can talk to anybody, which is great. Um, and then you have Monday through Friday and they essentially have media. The coach talks every single day. Uh, you have a certain day for the quarterback to speak at the podium certain day for, you know, a defensive captain to speak at the podium. Then you have all the coordinators every single week on one day. And then every single day, um, except for Mondays and Tuesday, you can go in the locker room and talk to anyone, uh, which is great access. But uh, it's also, you know, it, it gets to you after a while. We're like, man, this is a lot um, and it never stops. And even in the off season, there's just, uh, you know, like this week, I would have been out in Indianapolis doing the mm. combine um, and then in a couple of weeks that or I guess a month now, you'll have the draft, which is a, a lot of preparation. Uh, and then you have OTAs and then, you know, training camp starts in, in July, about halfway through July. So, um, you know, it's it's a never ending thing. And and I, I enjoyed some of that. But um, in terms of the day to day, college football is a little bit less stressful, in my opinion. Obviously, you have less games. Uh, the games feel bigger, um, especially at a place like Oklahoma, where you know, they are competing to, you know, uh, be basically run the table so that they can get into the college football playoff where the NFL, the, the games don't feel as important sometimes during the regular season. So um, it, it's those small things that I missed about college football. And and yeah, I'm giving up some of that media access. But from what I can tell, Brent, um, you know, Brent's a little bit different than when I was here <laughs> with Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, the access with Lincoln was not great. Um, with Brent, it seems like it's going to be a little bit different. Obviously, he had that big sort of media day. I mean, he lets freshmen speak if they're playing um, and even if they're not playing, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I'm really looking forward to that. And and I think there's also too, I'm going on a rant here, but there's, there's yeah. also like a difference between, you know, covering, um, you know, say a 30 year old NFL vet uh, that knows exactly what he wants to say. He's pretty scripted a lot of times. And, and th some of those guys are really good and they're, they're great interviews. Um, but you know, they're also making millions and millions of dollars. And so they, they have very, um, you know, they're, they're very scripted in what they want to say. Whereas covering 18 to 22 year olds, uh, you often get guys that are very vulnerable. Um, they're learning how to speak with the media. Uh, and, and I, I enjoy speaking with those guys, uh, a heck of a lot more than some of those older vets. I mean, for example, this last year, Delaren Turner yell and, Nick mm -hmm. Benito, obviously, I covered them at Oklahoma. They got drafted by the Broncos last year. I spent the more majority of my time in that locker room speaking to those guys. Um, and maybe it's because I'm younger and I can relate to them more. And obviously, we all went to Oklahoma and they knew who I was and I knew who they were. But uh, it, it's it's those younger guys that 
I enjoy speaking to and, and really telling their stories because a lot of them, their stories haven't been told. Whereas some of those older guys in an NFL locker room, it's it's kind of hard to to tell those stories. Yeah, you know, and I got to imagine when you're talking to the same people day after day after day, six days a week, like you mentioned, it's got to get so repetitive because they're just saying the same things over and over. I mean, the stories advance so slowly in that kind of setting, right? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And even more so uh, when the team's not very good. Uh, Mm -hmm. And obviously this last year, the Broncos um, were were very bad uh, and obviously did not live up to any expectations and so that locker room you know quickly uh turned on the media and and you know i get it you know they they're frustrated with losing and they're tired of answering you know the same questions every single week and so yeah having that change of pace in college where they do bring out different people and and i think that there are there there's always good stories to be told on college football teams just because uh maybe they're not playing as well as you know especially oklahoma this last year but um, there are younger guys that you can kind of look to and say, oh, well, there, there's hope for the future or, um, you know, there's somebody with a really good story. Obviously, the roster is a lot bigger than an NFL roster. So you have more guys to to, to write about. Um, so, yeah, I think that it, it does get a little bit repetitive in the NFL. Right. So I guess, you um, do you have a sense? I mean, obviously, you know, you've been here so such a short time again, talking with George Stoya, uh, now Sooner Scoop, by the way. Um I guess you know you've been here a short time, but do you get any sense about uh, you know what the what what you're expecting the atmosphere around the Oklahoma program to kind of be like now? Yeah, and you know it's it's one of those things where I'm really excited about spring practice. Like I'm I'm starting at such an interesting time, I think, because we're we're pretty far moved away from the season now, and I I feel like obviously it was very disappointing for for everyone involved. Um, you know, probably the fan base more than anyone. Um, but you know, I feel like people have moved past that and are starting looking towards the spring and, and kind of what's next. And we're kind of in this waiting period to see what happens this spring. Cause I think spring is always that time where you, you know, you hear rumors about certain guys, uh, doing really well. And this player could be a great player. And it's like, well, we're still, you know, five months away from right. uh, actually playing a game. But, you know, I think the, the sense I get around the program, at least, you know, the past few days, um, and really, I guess, um, the past couple of months now, because this has been in the works for a while, is that, um, you know, there, there's hope that this thing's going to be a lot better next year. And I think that um, when you look at what Brent was able to do, obviously with this recruiting class, this freshman class, to go out and get a top five class like he did, um, you know, when they went six and seven, I think is really impressive. And it does give you some some hope and, and maybe forget a little bit about this last season uh, in the sense that, okay, uh, he's getting his guys in here. That's what they always say, right? He's like, you got to you got to let him yeah. get his guys, right? Um, and I think there's some truth to that. I think the other side of that, too, is is the transfer portal. I think, um, you know, I said this on the Scoop podcast the other day is, you know, a year ago, they were they were getting recruits uh, or transfers from uh, Hawaii and Tulane and uh, Wyoming and, and you know, all these all these kind of smaller schools. And that's not a knock on those guys. I mean, they contributed last year. And, and you know, C.J. Colden was a great player from Wyoming. And, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, Jeffrey Johnson, you know, pl- had a role and all that stuff. But you look at the guys that they went and got this year, um, and I'm not saying Indiana and Wake Forest and Oklahoma State are, are you know, top, uh, you know, blue blood programs. But when you start getting guys from Power 5 schools like that, that were real contributors. I mean, Desan McCulloch is, is a guy that, 
uh, I don't think they had a guy like him last year, right? right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think they had a guy like like Bothroyd from Wake Forest. Um, mm-hmm. Even Trace Ford is a guy. I know he's had some injuries, but he's a guy that's been really productive at, at a high level. So uh, I think that that's the side that gets you a little bit more excited about this next season because uh, I, I do think they're bringing in better players than they did a year ago. And I think that's also part of, you know, I think they were a little naive maybe coming in. Um, you know, and, and I'm talking about the staff in terms of what yeah. the roster looked like. Um, and I think that this year they 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 saw what they actually had and they went out and I think they did a lot better job, obviously recruiting um, and then the portal as well. So I think that that's kind of the atmosphere I feel right now is um, there's there's some there's some hope in this thing. And, and I'm not saying they're going to go out and compete for a national title, but I think it's realistic to say that they can go out and compete for a Big 12 championship next year. And, and when you talk about the SEC move coming up here soon. I think that's what you want to see next year if, if you're an OU fan uh, is this team win nine, 10 games and competing for a Big 12 championship because then you're really taking a step in the right direction before you go uh, to the SEC. So have you given much thought to that? You mentioned the uh, move to the SEC. This is going to be OU's last year in the Big 12. I mean, have you given much thought to how that's going to maybe color your coverage or you know how you're approaching the uh, the beat right now? Because it's such got it's it's going to be a weird year in that sense, right? I mean, got to be. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And, and I think that part of that was that that's why I wanted to take this job to be completely honest. Um, you know, not to say if they were staying in the big 12, I wouldn't have considered taking this job, but the idea of covering, you know, them moving to the sec, I think is really intriguing because one, the, the national exposure is, is just that much higher. I mean, the, the reality is, uh, you know, when you're in the sec, uh, there's just more eyeballs on you. Um, we've seen that with the TV deals and and all that stuff that's going on. So so that definitely intrigued me. And I, I think in terms of coverage, this next year, I think there should be a lot of stories obviously written about um, you know, leaving the Big 12 and and the memories of playing the Big 12 and and you know, going to Stillwater for what seems like the final time for at least a while. Um, because I do think Bedlam will be back in some capacity eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those sort of sort of things, and then shifting the focus to you know, this is this is such a year that it's really important for Oklahoma to go win football games, because like I said, if they can go out and they can win, you know, nine, 10 games next, next this next year and maybe get to the Big 12 title game, maybe win the Big 12. I think that's very doable. Um, I think it can just be kind of a springboard into the SEC. And so I think that that's why this year is so important. And I know it's it's two years away or a year away, whatever it is, until they actually make the move. Um, but I think that this year is so pivotal for that because you can't go into the SEC uh, coming off really a down year, which would maybe have a down year in recruiting uh, and so on and so forth. So I think that that's, uh, that's sort of the approach this year is, is looking at all that because um, while I know everybody wants to compete for a national championship every single year, and that's the expectation at a place like Oklahoma, the reality this next year is it's not about next year. It's about the next year. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's the, the, the patience that fans need to have with this next year. Uh, and I know that this last year was really hard, but if Brent can build this the way that obviously he wants to, uh, then I think that first year in the sec could be a really special year. Yeah. It's a, it's just going to be such a fascinating time. You're really getting the opportunity to you know, hop in and, you know, like I mentioned, just a, a fascinating opportunity. So are you going to be covering any other sports or mainly just going to concentrate on football? Yeah. Football will be my number one priority. Um, but I'll definitely jump over and, and help out in, in some other, other spots. Um, you know, I, I love basketball. I, that's kind of Bob's baby. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if there's a great story over there that I really want to write, I might hop over there and do that. Same with softball. Obviously, they've they're just a machine. Um, yeah. and I'm sure there's some some great stories over there. And and you know, when they get to kind of postseason play, I might hop over and do some of that. You know, if baseball goes on a run like they did a year ago, I'd, I'd love to go over and do that. Um, you know, obviously gymnastics is great. So, I, I mean, I, my main focus will, will always be football. Um, but there's definitely, you know, again, like I said in the offseason, um, there, there's there's few things you can do. I mean, right now is such a weird time. Like, I think people are expecting me to be writing stories every single day right now. And it's like, man, until spring practice starts, there's just not a whole lot <laughs> yeah. going on. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure I'll try to hop over and, and help out in some different places and and kind of do a little bit of everything. But yeah, football football will be the main focus for now. Awesome. Well, uh, hey, George, let everybody know where to uh, find you, like on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, you can find me at George Stoya. Uh, so just my name, and that's S-T-O-I-A. Um, and then you can obviously find me at Soonerscoop.com. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, happy to have you back, George. Really appreciate you uh, hopping off this this morning, though, to uh, talk about your new role there at Sooner Scoop. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Alan. All right. Thanks again to George Stoya of SoonerScoop.com. Those guys have been doing great work covering OU forever. So uh, definitely worth your investment if you're an OU fan. Uh, and thanks to you all for joining us, too. For Through the Keyhole, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. <laughs>